Good morning, Lake Church. Good morning. Glory to God. Can we lift our hands and give him praise? Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Who's excited about Jesus today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we have some uh, business to do. We're going to be calling up our, uh, my wife and uh, Rebecca and uh, Bob. And uh, Angie, I believe, coming up here, they're going to be leaving this Thursday for the Dominican Republic to do an international, to speak to the nation of the Dominican Republic, to speak to the women. And how many realize when you get the women, you've got the nation? Amen. And so she, uh, Karen and Rebecca and the team have been invited to speak at an international conference there. And uh, they're going to be leaving on Thursday, coming back on Monday of Arise, so they won't be with us the opening day, but they'll be back with us that Monday. We want to pray safe travels for them and effective ministry in Jesus' name. Amen? So we're going to do that, and we're going to call everything into, uh, into the ministry, and we're going to see great things happen. They're going to come back with a good report. How many believe that? Amen? Hallelujah. So, Father, in Jesus' name, stretch your hands out to them. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father God. We just cover them with the blood of Jesus, surround them with the emissaries of heaven. Thank you, Father God, for help from the sanctuary, calling every mode of transportation into the ministry, Father God, that angels will protect and guide them and help them and assist them, and there'll be no complications, no problems whatsoever in the name of Jesus. Opposition, yes, but no distractions in the name of Jesus. Nothing that would harm, nothing that would hinder in the name of Jesus. And we believe that they'll come back with a good report in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So they'll be leaving Thursday morning, I believe, early, and uh, then they'll be uh, coming back that Monday, so we'll have a good report during the Monday night of Arise or Tuesday, and so excited. I'm excited we're going to have Bob Yandian in the morning sessions. Amen. How many love Pastor Bob? Amen. And uh, so I'd encourage you, if, you, if you're off or if you, you can take off, I believe it'd be good to come to those 10 a.m. services. Amen. And so we have one of our teachers of train, Christian Academy, and a wonderful blessing to us here at the church for many, many years. I've known this family for a long time, but I'd like April Partridge to come up April Partridge, and we're going to pray for her. And uh, she's going in for surgery for her uh, foot, I believe. And uh, we just want everything to go well in the name of Jesus and that we get this taken care of. You know, when the scripture that comes to mind is when God spoke to Moses and uh, Moses spoke to the children of Israel. And when they crossed over the Red Sea, and uh, God told them, look, he said, on this day, you will see the thing that is oppressing you, that has brought you in bondage and slavery. 
float down. Amen, float down. Amen. And when they saw them chariot wheels and they saw those, you know, uh, those, those, I'm sorry to say this, but the bodies of their oppressors floating in the Red Sea, it was a sign that God had eradicated. And I believe this is that day. Amen. I believe this is that time. This has been a long season. This has been a long season. So extend your hands to our sister. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you so much for April. Thank you so much that you gave your life for her, that you gave her the ability to rise in miraculous power through your death, burial, and resurrection. We appropriate that right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that all will go well, that you'll guide the hands of the surgeons, that you'll restore and bring back full mobility in the name of Jesus, and that this Hallelujah. This ankle is going to be stronger than the other ankle in the name of Jesus. And that's, there's not going to be anything, any complication. Even as she ages, I thank you that it'll be, there'll be no complications, no weakness, no stiffening in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'd like to lift up Becky Joyner as she's going in for a procedure to check some things out. And I've been praying for her, and they're a wonderful family, and uh, we want to lift them up right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up Becky. We lift up the family, and we just thank you, Father God, that your healing power is going forth even now as we speak, bringing forth healing, restoration, and life. We speak life to her right now in the name of Jesus, and we thank you that there will be a good report, amen, and that uh, they'll be able to spot what is needed and be able to take care of it in the name of Jesus. We hook up with her where she's at in the name of Jesus, and we just declare that you're going to lift her up, take her to a new level in the name of Jesus, and give her many, many more vibrant years in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord is, uh, you know, I don't like, I stopped writing sermons years ago. And uh, the reason why is because, you know, the Lord uses me a little differently in the fact that, you know, I'll generally, you know, I stuff stuff in me for day in and day out. I eat good every day. But, uh, you know, the way the Lord uses me is, is he'll give me concepts almost the day before. Almost, you know, he'll, he'll just tell me what I need to do. And even many times, I don't want to scare you, but even many times right before I get up to minister, he'll tell me what to do. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. We've been talking about serpents and scorpions, and I do want to look at a few scriptures and there's been opposition, just like Jesse said. Jesse felt the opposition. The opposition's been here. Uh, it's been on me ever since I got up this morning. And, um, you know, he doesn't want you to hear what I have to say to you. Um, because this is not something you're going to hear at other places. Um, they're just not going to talk about it because half of them don't even believe in the supernatural anyway. Um, and they certainly don't believe in demons. Um, 
you know, the, the church has bowed the knee to psychology and things of that nature, and we don't believe in the unseen realm anymore. And I'm not saying anything about whether you go and use a psychologist or a psychiatrist. That doesn't bother me. I don't care. You do what you need to do. Amen. But we need to also understand that there's an unseen realm that is vying for our attention, that is causing us to be in a realm of enchantment, that wants to enchant us with other things and distract us with other things. And I'm going to share some things with you that the Lord just gave me hot off the press, and I, I think that you're going to be greatly blessed by them. I, I see this message or these series of messages as basically a restoration. I believe God's restoring us from a COVID mindset from a mindset that came from 2020. And it was a strategic mindset in the kingdom of darkness. It was meant to cause the church to falter in their faith towards the Lord and uh, falter in their walk with God and to live in perpetual fear so that everything that CNN and MSNBC and uh, Fox News says is gospel to people. And that's certainly not true. And we're finding over and over and over again as this scandal and this uh, total season is being exposed for what it was. We're seeing that uh, they lied to us about the vaccine. They're seeing that they lied to us about uh, the preparation and the PPE and all of that. We're finding out that the politicians, uh, you know, uh, used it as a, uh, as a means of, of transferring wealth into their own pockets. Uh, we're seeing all this stuff. And if you can't see it, friends, and I'm not talking politically. I'm not talking politically here. I'm just talking what's right in front of you. Regardless if it's a political year, they've been doing it. They do it in non-political years. They use you to fund their lifestyles. And we let them do it. Okay? So, you know... The whole thing is a conditioning tool. It's a conditioning tool. You know, I was watching The Office. I like to watch The Office. I like Michael Scott. Um, and, uh, you know, I like I the whole camaraderie and I like The Office and stuff. But, but I began to see some things in The Office that kind of bothered me. I began to see the, the, the cultural conditioning that The Office brought in because that's one of the most widely re, uh, looked at shows in the 2000s. But I began to see certain themes that they would try to project on culture. They would try to project it on culture and uh, they would do it on purpose to kind of change the mindset and to get the culture and to get the nation in what I would call, and this is, this is going to be very important for you to understand, the meme mind. How many understand what a meme mind is? How many know what memes are? Everybody likes their memes. Okay. There's several, there's angry cat. There's the Dos Equis guy. These are some of the best, you know, the, the, the best memes of the internet. Okay. And, uh, what it is, is it's a thought accompanied by an image that goes viral. Now think about that. It's a thought coupled with an image that goes viral. Now what does a virus do? A virus goes into your system and begins to change your cells into it. There's no greater illustration 
of what the enemy is trying to do with you personally and with us as a nation is to get a meme mind, a hive mind, where we're all connecting the dots between words and pictures that equal our actions. Am I speaking? Hello? What does the virus do? Virus says, I need you to become like me. It goes to other cells and says, I need you to become like me. What does a meme do? When a meme goes viral, that means everybody's got the meme. It goes everywhere. And everybody knows. You can talk to people and say, hey, did you see that meme? Oh, yes, I saw that. That was hilarious. And they'll go down and they'll see these various memes. And it replicates and duplicates in a viral fashion. Well, the enemy wants you to associate certain words with certain images so that it can manipulate your thinking and corrupt your mind and corrupt you in regards to people. One of the major things that he does is he wants to corrupt you from divine connections. He wants to corrupt you away from divine connections. He wants to keep you away from the right people. Because he knows that you're one or two relationships from breakthrough. I'm just speaking the truth right now. I'm speaking by the Spirit right now. There's one or two relationships in your life that can take you to the next level, but you don't even like those people. And the reason why you don't like those people is because you associate an image with a word that has manipulated your thinking in regards to that person. Hello? Here's one of the things when it comes to mentorship, and there's some great mentors in here. Pastor Kevin and Rhonda, Karen is a wonderful mentor. Jesse's a wonderful mentor. Daniel's a wonderful mentor. I mean, there's one, Bob and Leela and, and Jeff and Dana, and, and there are people that are wonderful mentors in here. Um, but I can tell you, you associate, and here's, here's the reason why many of you are not being mentored by them, okay? Is because you associate them with busyness. And when you think to call them, you think they're too busy. That's the first thought that comes to you. It's the first thought. That's psychological warfare. They want you to stop. Don't call that person. Don't talk to them. Don't tell them your problem. How many have come in with problems and you say, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell them, you know, I'm going to get this off my chest. I got to get some help. And you get in there and all of a sudden you freeze up. Or you see him talking to five other people and then all of a sudden this thought comes. 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 This thought. Are you getting what I'm saying? This thought comes. It doesn't, it, it, the origination is not in here. It's being hurled at you. They're too busy. And you walk away. And you... Um, Say, well, I guess I, I guess I can just hold on to it for a little bit longer. And you're not just one or two relationships away from total breakthrough out of a situation that you're in, but you're a couple conversations from getting relief. 
Let me give you a principle. Things are bigger inside your head. Things are bigger inside your head. When you start talking stuff to people, you think, why did I think that? That is weird. But in, in fantasy land, where there are no rules, I mean, even quantum mechanics doesn't rule fantasy land. You know what I'm saying? You, you can be anything, do anything, and say anything you want. So therefore, it's bigger, it's, it's amplified. So the problems that you feel that come out on the inside, they get, am I speaking to anybody here? Am I making sense? It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your head. And, it, and, and it's, you know, listen, one of the leadership strategies that I do when a person is in conflict is I'll get a pen and paper. And uh, there, you know, when two people are in conflict, I'll get a pen and paper and I'll say, okay, uh, Mr. X, you know, tell me what, you know, is going on and, you know, if they've got a complaint against somebody and they'll start complaining about it and I'll be writing stuff down and they'll go, well, what are you writing that stuff down for? I said, well, I want to understand where you're coming from and I want to read it back to you. You know, what's coming at it, what you're regurgitating, you know, I don't use that word, but, uh, you know, what, what you're, what you're bringing out. And, um, it's surprising when they see it on paper and they hear it back, they're embarrassed. Because they see how petty and how small it is. That just makes me sound awful. How many have ever said that? That just makes me sound awful. Come on now. The reason why? It was so big on the inside. It was the major meme on your mind of that day. Okay. So let's go for um, Luke 10, 19. Jesus talking to his disciples, talking to his disciples this morning. He says, behold, I have given you authority. Praise God. Authority is delegated. It's delegated. It's not inherent. Doesn't mean that you have the power within yourself. You don't. You've got delegated authority to, praise God, uh, tread on serpents and scorpions. That means that whatever the enemy tries to put in your way, Joe, whether it's a serpent or a scorpion, something to bite you, something to sting you, to keep you from going down the path God has for me, you've got the ability, the authority to tread on those serpents and scorpions. You can tread on them. Now, you've got to make a decision, am I going to do the treading? Because most people, when they see a serpent and scorpion or they see a pathway filled with them, they don't necessarily want to go down that path anymore. So we've got to make a decision, are we going to go through it? See, we resist opposition. We resist hardship. We don't want it. That's the reason why we buy gym memberships and never go. We don't want to do the bench press. Because guess what? We have to exert something against something, and we don't like that. It's not fun. Because what does it do initially? You don't walk out of the gym feeling all fresh. You know, you don't just go into the gym and, uh, you know, all flabby and, you know, and then come right out after an hour workout and just feel, you know, six-pack abs. No, you feel miserable. Why do you feel miserable? Because you're taking what you are, and you're pressing it against something that brings opposition. 
And when the opposition doesn't necessarily build you up, it breaks you down. See, it breaks you down. You see, what God is good at doing is he takes what the enemy brings to our lives to break us down. And then he energizes with his resurrection life and builds us up. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So we have to understand that opposition is opportunity. The test and trial are not something to be resisted per se. They should be embraced in the sense that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We don't need to run from opposition. We need to push back against it. We need to use what we do have, which may only be a mustard grain. It may only be, a, a, you know, a, the smallest faith possible. But when we use it to exert strength against the oppression, against the sickness, against the relational uh, chaos against whatever it is, what happens? We begin to, it breaks us down because here's the thing. Don't ever think that God blesses you just to bless you. God blesses you to change you. Here's the thing. We go into a problem and we think that God's going to deliver us out of the problem the same way we went into the problem. That is counterproductive and unwise. Hello. No, there's a transformative process. They're just like lifting weights breaks us down, but then we get to the point where the muscle rebuilds and the muscle gets stronger. But the process of breaking down is what we don't want to go through at all. We would rather take a shot and have, you know, acme muscles, you know what I'm saying? Pop, pop, pop. And there's many people that don't even work out at all, work out minimally and are taking shots. And you wonder why they look so good, but once they stop taking the shots, hello, and there's a lot of puffing up going on and not anybody going through the process and they're wondering why they're not seeing the mountains removed and the giants destroyed in their life is because they have not put themselves in a position. David overcame Goliath because of the, the lion and the bear. So you've been given authority, tread on serpents and scorpions. That means, you know, when it looks like there's everything in your way, everything and the stuff that you're about to step on has the ability to sting you and to bite you. And that we talked about that poison last week. And I'm not going to belabor the point because both of these things can poison you. So it's really not the wound that we really have to watch out for because the wound will heal. But the poison can still remain. Amen. See what I'm saying? 
You can look good on the outside. You can dress in the finest clothes and, and go to the gym and just look hot and be a mess, a hot mess Come on, yeah. on the inside. My dad told me this when I was a teenager. He said, son, I've seen the most beautiful women in the world. He, he, my dad liked to talk. Um, did yours. <laughs> but he said, I've seen the most beautiful women in the world. He said, he said until they open their mouth. Hello. There's a lot of hypocrisy. Have you noticed that? A lot of hypocrisy, a lot of, a lot of acting, a lot of manipulation, a lot of witchcraft in this world and in the church where we act like something we're not. We talk like somebody we're not. Because of poison. I said it's because of poison. You've been poisoned. I'm telling you, there are people that are not getting their full, reaching their full potential. It's because their mind's been corrupted and poisoned. Hello? You're not accessing people. You're not, uh, you know, you're not, you're not making the connections. You're not, come on, there's, there's things here, right here in this house right now, that the enemy is opposing you right now. It's opposing you. I tell you what, I'm, I hope you're getting what I'm saying here, okay? So it says, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Now, what the Lord spoke to me specifically today about was the number one psychological ploy that the enemy puts in the life of a believer. Now, where I'm talking to believers today. is that he mimics the voice of God. And I sense because of what 2020 did and the things that were going on, and believe me, there was problems before 2020. I remember the start of 2019, we started train in uh, January 2019. We taught it, well, shoot, we taught it almost the whole year, didn't we? You know, God instituted that concept and the concepts of authority, the concepts of revelation knowledge, the concepts of, you know, uh, understanding what truly speaking in tongues is all about, understanding warfare, understanding the unseen realm. These are all concepts that came into, that are not new concepts at all. They just kind of came in at, through our teaching of train. And I remember, you know, there it wasn't a lot of, Let's take this and, and take it to the nations. You know, there wasn't a lot of motivation. And I was frustrated by, you know, 2018, really, the end of 2018. I had people, and I don't mean this, please don't take this wrong, but I had people who didn't come to church for two years. And that, that frustrated me very much, you know. Because as a pastor, you know, if... if if someone comes to your house every week for years and then stops coming to your house, would you think something's wrong? Yeah. I mean, but yet when we call you and say, where you been, you act like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. 
Come on, I'm just speaking the truth in love. Oh, it's all right. It's okay. No, 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 it's not. You have got out of a routine that the, uh, the, the Lord has brought you in, something that has brought life to you and have helped you. Because I know, because I've seen your history. I know where you came from. I know what you went through. And, and I know where God's taking you. And all of a sudden, you don't show up. All of a sudden, you're not around. And you're wondering why your life is poopy right now. I'm telling you, psychologically, I mean, he has duped us. And it's time for us to wake up and get out of this mind meme that is on the church right now. The reason why we feel powerless about our government, powerless about what's going on in the world, powerless about war and even World War III, even they're talking World War III. They're not just whispering it, they're talking it. What does that mean? That means our young people are not going to have the future you and I had. And that makes me mad. It shouldn't make you mad too. But the church needs to rise up. And we need to fight against the meme mind. Because they're trying to tell you these people are bad. They're trying to tell you that certain dictators. And listen, I'm not saying any of them are good. You know me. I think they're all whack. I don't have a favorite. (laughs) Hello. I think all politicians are whack. I think all elitists are whack. They're Luciferian devil worshipers. So you want to know where I stand? That's where I stand right there. The whole world lies in the uh, deception of the wicked one. That's what the Bible says. If you think anybody that doesn't embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is your friend, you are mistaken, my friend. They will always put self-interest over yours. Oh, I just, I just poo-pooed on the parade here because you, you think you're going to convert people. There's some people don't want converted. You remember, uh, was it? It wasn't Tombstone. It was uh, White Earp. How many have ever seen White Earp? You remember uh, Wyatt was in a bad way and Doc Holliday came to him and Wyatt was about to break the fast, you know, because he was, used to be an alcoholic and he was going to break the fast. And, and oh, instead of Doc Holliday saying, no, no, don't do it, brother, he just said, if you're going to do it, do it right. But he helped him in the fact that he said, you know what, there are some people, and this is hard to take, guys, this is hard to take. There are some people that ain't never going to be right. Right. Absolutely. The tribulation is going to be filled with them. If that's not true, then the tribulation wouldn't have anybody in it. There are some people that it ain't ever going to be right for them. And you've got to be discerning in your spirit whether or not you're with somebody like that or you're associating with somebody like that because eventually they're going to take you down with them. That's right. Hello. What are you, where are you, what are you going to believe when you get pregnant again? Come on. Who are you going to believe for protection? 
See, either God is absolutely good or he's not good at all. Now, we don't understand it because we live in a fallen world. We live in, in finite, a finite cage. So we don't understand everything. And there are times and there are seasons I've talked with several people that are going through problems in their life right now. And believe me, I've had a few hiccups myself. I feel like I've been, well, as we say around here, road hard and put up wet. I just, that's the only thing that I can say. And you know what? I was crying yesterday. I'll just be honest with you. See, this is me bearing my soul to you. Feeling sorry for myself and being pitiful. I'd gotten sick this week, and I hate to get sick. I hate, I hate, I hate it, I hate it, but I got a little 24-hour virus. I fought it every step of the way. But I'm telling you what, it just, it just knocked me on my butt, if you want to know what I'm... And no, it wasn't COVID-19, so don't worry about it. But man, I get pitiful when I get hit sometimes. I'd like to tell you that I just stepped right up and I just, you know, I just flung that virus right out of my body by just sheer will. No. I laid in bed for a day. Binged watched television. Didn't feel like doing nothing. I didn't even feel like doing nothing this morning. I didn't even want to come here. I'll just tell you that right now. You don't think you're opposed? You don't think God, you know, you don't think the enemy wants you here? He doesn't want you here. He doesn't want you here in this. He'd rather you be out camping right now. He'd rather you be doing anything else than being right here because he don't want you to hear this. He don't want you to hear this real raw stuff. He doesn't want you to hear this stuff because this is hard to take. This is, this is stuff that puts responsibility on our personal lives. As I said, if your life stinks, you stink. I was sitting there just thinking, man, maybe it's time to quit, you know. It's just over, you know. I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Hello? I just feel like I'm in a rut. How many know what I'm talking about? You just feel like you're in a rut. And the problem is, is that my, my motivation and my words and my prayer life wasn't in regards to using spiritual warfare against who was oppressing me, but it was trying to figure out why God was doing this to me. And that's wasted energy. See, that's a cat chasing its tail. Because God doesn't have anything to do with this doesn't have anything to do with what I've went through over the last season in my life.
and have any is so far removed from it. But yet I believe that because I'm not getting results, somehow God is withholding. That there's some life lesson that I'm supposed to learn. Come on, we all go here. And the enemy's really good at filling that void with his junk. Okay? So I want you to look at something here that's very interesting. Uh, I want us to look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Notice what uh, the Apostle Peter tells us the church today to do. He says, be sober-minded, okay? That's a, that's, that's a mindset that you and I have to live in continuously. Remember, I shared with you last week that when we are in a state of anxiety and stress and worry, we're not in our right mind. When the enemy, you know, stings us, bites us, and that venom gets in us, what is that venom? Okay, let's say, say for instance, something comes in and hits Joe's leg, and I'm not prophesying, hits Joe's leg and, and hurts his knee, okay? Now, he can go get that knee fixed, you know, the doctor can set it, put it in place, replace it, whatever. But that's not what the enemy's going after. The enemy is using why as the venom that courses through his body unto his mind. Why'd this happen? If I prayed Psalm 91 and that, that, that it didn't necessarily work for me. I, you know, I believe in the Bible. Why am I going through this? That's the venom. Well, if God's such a good God, then why is this happening to me? Amen? If God's such a good God, then why is this happening to me? Well, notice this. Notice this. It says... Be sober-minded because you don't want to be in a mindset that is overtaken by the enemy. Amen? Okay? It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. See, a lot of people aren't watchful. They're, they're not watching. They're not watching their association. They're not watching their words. They're not watching their actions. They're not watching their habits. They're not watching anything. They're not taking any evaluation of anything in their life whatsoever. And the reason why we have to be sober-minded, guys, the reason why we have to be watchful is because our adversary. Now, it's very interesting that he uses the word adversary. Now, remember, we looked at um, Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 6, and it says in verse number um, 10, it says that be strong in the Lord and the power of his might that you may be able to stand against the schemes or the wiles of the devil. It uses the word devil. Here it uses the word adversary. There's a reason why he uses both of these words. These are not names like Bob and Greg and, and Ralph, okay? These are descriptive terms 
that show activity. So the word devil is the word diabolos, okay? So the wiles of the devil, we can know what the wiles are from understanding the word diabolos. Now, diabolos is a cool biker name, you know, for a group of bikers, but it's really not its intended use. It's a compound word of two words, dia, which means to penetrate, and bolos, which means to throw. And so it tells us that the way the schemes and the wiles of the devil is going to be is that he's going to throw words at you until they penetrate. Now, how many have been through that warfare before? Well, all of you have. He just keeps hurling it. He keeps hurling it. He keeps hurling it. He keeps hurling it. One of the best examples is the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel. It's where we see Goliath going in the valley of Elah and beginning to threaten an entire army of Israelites and causing them to be paralyzed by his words. And that's what the enemy does. He just paralyzes you with, your, with his words. He'll continue to harass you and, and bolos, he'll throw accusation. He will throw lies. He will throw slander. He will throw all kinds of threats. Hello. And I'll tell you what happens to you. You get silent. And that's what the children of Israel did. They got silent. Instead of saying how big their God was, they were shivering in their tents. And there's a lot of people that shivering in their physical tent because of Goliath that's giving threats and saying, you know what, you'll never get on that plane again. You'll never go cross country again. You'll never travel. You're, an old, you're officially an old man. That's what he says to me. You're officially an old man. You're never going to have the ability to do what you want to do. You're never going to have the ability to walk in what you used to walk in. You're not going to have the strength to do what you used to be able to do. And that's exactly, he'll throw that at me. 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 And then all of a sudden, you get quiet. And that's the whole purpose. He doesn't want you opening your mouth. That's the reason why we don't understand the power of praise and worship. We don't understand the power of our mouth. We don't understand it at all. Most people in this praise and worship is like, well, I'm telling you, friend, you're not doing much damage to the enemy. I mean, you don't even have to sing the words of the song. You just need to, you know, pray in tongues, do something, move your mouth. Because guess what? Heaven's in your heart. And how am I going to get heaven out of my heart into my situation? I'm going to do it through my mouth. And that's the problem, guys. Is we're not opening our mouth. We're getting beat on. And we're just sitting there and we're not declaring the word of the Lord are just simply worshiping. You know, if you, you'll change your mindset. You'll get out of the mean mind if you'll learn to worship and praise God. But we don't do that. We just think this is just entertainment. We're just going to get lively, get the blood flowing, you know, like Tony Robbins does, you know, in his seminars. 
That's not the truth at all. The reason why we have this is so that you can declare as a warrior and as a king priest, my God is able, my God is... Is this helping anybody? Now listen to me. This is going to help you. Amen? In fact, uh, the Lord told me to do this, and I'm going to put somebody on the spot. I really love this person. And Do I have a microphone somewhere around here that I can use? Amen? Hallelujah. Jimmy, come up here. I want you to testify. Amen? And I believe as you testify, you're going to see just a full release. Amen? Testify on some of that stuff, because I know we've talked about that stuff. Amen? Blame it on the Lord, not me. All right. <laughs> the Lord no, told me to do this. Me and Greg have had talks in the past about my father and the things he's dealt with over his life. And anxiety has always been a big part of our family, stuff my dad deal with. And, you know, the same thing Pastor was talking about this morning. You know, the devil just bombarded me with that. You know, you're going to be the same way. You're going to have those same problems. And it's something I struggled and fought with for a long time. And, uh... I really felt like this past year that I just really felt the release in that, that I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to give into that. I don't accept it, you know, in Jesus' name. And um, I felt, I mean, release, that's it. I felt released this year that that is not who I am. It's not who I'm going to be. I'm who God says I am. Mm. I do testify to that. And also with my problems, I've had my lungs. Um, I've always had a problem breathing. And uh, the devil's trying to lie to you with that too, that, what you just said, I'm not going to go anywhere anymore. I'm not going to travel. I'm not going to have a good time, you know, hiking, spending, you know, more years with my wife and doing those things that we love to do. And I don't receive it. I don't. And uh, I believe God has totally healed me of that. And no matter what the symptoms are in your life, you know, we don't have to, we don't believe that. We believe what God says. And uh, I do testify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You've got to make a decision. Whose report are you going to believe? Because you're getting reports 24-7 from the enemy. He's not ceasing in his reporting. He's going to tell you you've got diabetes. You'll always have diabetes. You're going to be taking insulin quality of your life is going to diminish. You're going to have to judge where you're going to go and measure your medicine out wherever you want to go. That's what he's, he's going to say, you know, they're going to tell you. You go to the doctor anymore, they're just going to flat tell you, you're going to be on medicine the rest of your life. They're never going to say, hey, you can get off medicine now. They're not going to say that. These are good people. They mean well. They want to help you. But I'm telling you what, some of that medicine is doing more damage on you than the thing that you took the medicine for. Let's read on here. All right. Like a roaring lion, your adversary. He uses the word adversary. This is the word antidikos in the Greek. And it means a prosecuting attorney that, that has come in to deny rights. That is the tactic of the enemy. He not only is diabolos, but he uses the law against you. They get a hold of this. 
If you go into Israel and they talk about a prosecuting attorney, they will call them a Hasatan. Satan. Because that's what Satan is. He's an adversary. He's an accuser. So when I'm under attack, know that I'm under attack, not when it's reasonable, sensible information that's saying, hey, maybe I shouldn't go this direction or maybe I shouldn't do this. It's when it's accusatory. Do you understand what I'm saying? When it's accusatory, that's when we need to, we need to say, oh, I better. When we get accusatory, we are also in the deception of the Hasatan. Now notice what it says right here. It says right here, it says, like a roaring lion. Notice that he's not a roaring lion. It says, like a roaring lion. Now that's very important because to someone in Peter's day, especially a, a Hebrew, especially a Jewish person, they know exactly what the lion is. And it's not what the Christians think the lion is. Because the majority of teaching on the lion in the Old Testament is about the enemy. Majority of teaching of the lion. In fact, Psalm 91. Thou shalt tread on the serpent of the adder. The young lion shall thou trample underfoot. Lions are adversarial in Hebrew mindset. But notice he says he's not a lion, but he's like a lion. And the reason why he uses the word lion there, he says, seeking, my translation is totally on this. It, it says seeking someone. No, it says seeking whom he may. Because he can't just come and devour. Here's the good news. The devil might show up, but that doesn't mean he can do anything. Now listen, there may be pressure on you right now because his presence is on your life. And you, he's around you. And he's speaking to you. And you can feel it. And it just seems like your season of your life is a little bit more heightened than it normally is. But that doesn't mean he can do what he says he's going to do. See, you have to, you know, Jesus said this to the church. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man let me in, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. The, the enemy works the same way. Yeah. He says, man, I'm going to stand at the door and knock. You better let me in, sucker. But let me in. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, you know, it's just like someone threatening you. Now, some of you have been through this recently. Someone threatening you through a door. I'm going to kick this door down. And he can't. He can't. I said, he can't. I'm going to kick this door down. I'm going to come in. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to do all this stuff. You know, all the threats that you hear, you know, when you live on the wrong side of town. Some of it's just your prime driver, you know. <laughs> Better open this door. You better open it up. Well, see, he knows you got to open it up. You got to open it up. Notice what he says: seeking whom he may what devour. Here's what I, what, I, what we need to understand, guys: is the word devour means to swallow up. Doesn't necessarily mean to chew you up, because he's been chewing you up 
the whole time. He wants to swallow you up. So what does that mean? He wants to swallow you up in the problem. He wants to just swallow you up in the problem where all you think about is that issue because he wants to get you in a mean mind where you associate words with imagery. So every time you go to the doctor, your blood pressure goes up. Oh, come on now. I'm trying to help you guys. Every time you show up or something or you go to a neighborhood where you got a traumatic event in your life, you can't handle it. Or you hear music that was a part of a situation that was not good. You know, there's certain seasons of my life where I listened to certain music and stuff and, and went through a bad time. And you know what? I don't want to listen to that music anymore. I don't even put it, put it on anymore. I used to love it, you know. But because of a bad season, what I was listening to, it kind of triggers. See, that's what he does. He wants you to get so wrapped up. See, true freedom is not having any of that stuff going on. But we need to understand that we're all progressing from glory to glory. That means that, you know, we're not there yet. Oh, I hope you're getting this. I really do hope you're getting this because here's, here's the revelation. Now, let me show you. Let's go to Psalm 7. I'm sorry, guys. Just keep on. The music's helping. Amen. It's, it's, it's helping with the flow. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Psalm 7. Now, I shared with you about lions and, and how they are metaphorically used in regards to demonic spirits uh, in the uh, Old Testament. So if I could find it, I'd be happy. Okay, Psalm 7. Notice this in verse number 1. It says, O Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. Amen. Save me from my pursuers and deliver me. How many have been praying that prayer? I've been praying that prayer. Amen. There's certain things pursuing you. What are they? Thoughts? There's thoughts pursuing people right now. Thoughts to leave. Thoughts to quit. Thoughts to give in. Thoughts to deceive. Thoughts to, that are lying thoughts. They're pursuing you. They're not quitting. You've got to do something about them. Now notice what it says here. Lest, like a lion, they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. So here is the problem. The lion swallows you up in the problem, and then he begins to tear it to pieces. He begins to tear it to pieces. He begins to fragment your mind to where you cannot collectively think or concentrate on any one thing. Am I making sense here? So he swallows you up, Peyton, and then he seeks to just tear it apart, tear it apart, fragment it to where... You think, my goodness, what did, why did I come into this room? And what, you know, oh my gosh, I can't even think right now. I, I can't deal with this. Kids, get out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
And because your mind is so fragmented, you can't trust anything. You can't trust anybody. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Why, why does he use the word lion? It's because lions typify something that's going on in the spiritual realm. Just like snakes and scorpions, there are lions out there. But notice what it says here. In verse 2 of chapter 20, it says, The terror of a king is like, notice that, the growling of a lion. So here's the revelation I want you to get. Is that, you know, sometimes if the enemy portrays himself as he truly is, you and I, who have been well taught, we're going to say, you know what? You're a liar. I'm not going to believe you. Amen? I mean, if the devil showed up and read, read you know, with the horns and the pitchfork, we'd resist him, wouldn't we? But if he disguises himself, and isn't that what the Apostle Paul said in the 11th chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians? It says even Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light. And I'm telling you, he'll do it. And he'll roar, not like the lion that is adversarial, but he'll roar like the lion of Judah. You're not reading your Bible enough. You're not praying enough. Well, if you'd been there last Sunday, you know, this wouldn't be happening to you. You're not serving enough. You're not giving enough. You never measure up down there. You know, they're better than you, and, you know, it's because I love them more. We don't like to say that these things go on in our head, but they do. They go on in our head all the time. We think God has favorites. Just because someone's used or someone gets an opportunity, we think that God doesn't care about us. God's forgotten about us. No, you're just being a baby. And you're being swallowed up in your own little pity party and your soul's being torn apart by a lion. And you're blaming God for their lack of opportunity when you need to be looking squarely at your own life. I'm speaking the truth in love here. I'm trying to help you. Because guess what? Sometimes he comes in and he takes God's voice, you know, and he, he mimics, he, he throws God's voice to speak through things and through people to where we actually believe. That's God talking to me. God's getting on to me. Actually, though, people will believe that God is condemning them. When God says there is there now no condemnation. But yet they'll they'll claim that God's condemning them. God's condemning me. He's I, I used to have a, 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 he was a capable minister. But I mean every bad thing that he went on in his life, you know, is God teaching him something, God doing something to him. And I'm sorry, that just is not the case. God uses his word and the spirit of God to convince us of our sin and to correct and align our lives. 
Now, the fact that there are alterations and, and circumstances that are contrary to what we want does not mean that God's orchestrating those circumstances. It says that we've got out of alignment to where we're actually in direct align with those oppositions. Come on now. When you're walking the straight and narrow, God takes the road that's in front of you and eliminates obstacles. But when I get over and I begin to get in a, in a mean mind about something and I start acting contrary to what the Word of God says, I put myself in direct line with problems. It's not God saying I'm going to throw some problems down on him. No, this world's filled with them. It's only Jesus that causes us to rise above them. Because if God is your problem, you don't have a solution, my brother. Well, God gave me cancer to teach me a lesson. God gave me this to teach me a lesson. Oh, my back's hurting. I guess God's trying to tell me to slow down. No, he's been telling you to slow down in your spirit and your prayer life and you've just been disobedient because you went continue to go. God's not like, well, he's not listening to me. I got to whip him. No, the enemy's more than ready. Remember, he's the antidikos. He operates by legal means. You keep going the wrong way, he's going to say, oh, okay, I saw, you know. <laughs> I've got a doorway. I've got a doorway. Their disobedience has opened the door. Their continued obstinance has opened the door. Their continued attitude towards this area has opened the door. It's not God said, well, you know, that Joe, he's doing this, and I, I've tried to talk to him. You think God's that desperate? I've tried to talk to my son, Joe, and he just won't listen. to God don't work that way, my friend. I need you to go down and whip him, devil. But yet there's people believe that. They believe that, and it's wrong. Oh, I wish I could tell, talk to you about Job and give you some teaching on Job. Because people have this Job mindset that Job and, uh, you know, God and the devil teamed up on him. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's religious do indoctrination. Job had his own problems. I've taught it. You can go back and listen to, uh, I can't remember what series that was, but you might want to get it. It'll help you. What's going on right now? What's the lion saying? What's he trying to swallow you up in? I'm telling you, he's defeated. He's defeated. Psalm 91 says, You will tread on the serpent and the adder. And the young lion, you will trample underfoot. Not the old dog lion. The young lion, the one that's hungry, the one that's always on the prowl, the one that's got the agility and not laying around in the Serengeti, but the one that is out roaming that's what they called the young lion. He said, you'll trample them under what? Under your foot. You're not going to subdue them with your hand. 
You're not going to subdue them with your head. You're just going to let God put them where they're supposed to be. And you're going to walk on top of them. But that means, my friend, that you've got to learn to subordinate the lion's roar. You've got to learn to subordinate the serpent's hiss. And you've got to learn to subordinate the scorpion's sting. And you've got to put it under the feet of Jesus and say that Jesus has head over all and he has defeated all. Therefore, if Jesus, who is the head, has put his foot on the head of the serpent and has destroyed and squashed his authority, then I, who am identified with him, also have my foot by virtue of his foot on the same head of the scorpion. Hallelujah. 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 Thoughts of suicide go by the wayside. Thoughts of rejection and pain and loneliness leave in the name of Jesus. When we subordinate them to the work of Christ, when we subordinate them to what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, when we subordinate the resurrection of Christ, when we subordinate everything to the cross, and we say, you know what? Jesus died for all. Jesus died for me. Jesus died as me. Jesus' victory is my victory. I'm seated with him. I'm in a seated position. I'm not in a scrambling position you know, position like this. I'm in a seated position. I'm at rest. No matter what comes my way, I'm still seated. No matter what accident happens in my life or what tragedy comes to me or what kind of circumstances come in my life, I'm still seated with Christ. I'm still seated at that place, that most high place. I can overcome because He has already overcome. I'm one spirit with him. Oh, I'm trying to stir you up in here. My body has to conform to the fact that I'm seated in heavenly places. My mind has to come into alignment with the fact that I'm seated in heavenly places. My circumstances have to bow the knee because I've been seated in heavenly places. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have symptoms in my body. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have times in which my mind is oppressed. I'm not going to have times in which my circumstances aren't just perfect. But I'm going to have times in which life's going to come at me pretty hard. But praise God. Jesus has overcome. I'm going to keep treading. I'm going to keep treading. I'm going to keep treading. Guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to keep treading. What about the next day? I'm going to keep treading. What about Tuesday? I'm going to keep treading. I'm going to go see the doctor on Tuesday. I'm going to keep treading. Hallelujah. Oh, I might be a little old, but I'm going to keep treading. Come on, Wednesday night, I'm going to keep on treading. Thursday, I'm going to keep on treading. 
And Friday, I'm going to keep on treading. And then Saturday, when I'm playing golf, I'm going to keep treading. Come on now. Sunday, I'm going to keep on treading. You remember that back in the set, keep on trucking? You know that patch they had put on jackets and bumper stickers? Well, we're just going to keep on treading. We're going to keep on treading. But you just need to see that guy with that big foot with the serpent and scorpion down there. Just keep, keep on. Just keep on trucking. Well, you don't know what they said. Keep treading. You don't know what that report was. Well, keep on treading. You don't know what I'm feeling, Pastor. Keep on treading. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did to me. Keep on treading. 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 Let's stand and worship the Lord. The best way you can tread is by worship. That is something that will silence the adversary. So let's worship the Lord. Just for a moment here. I'd like the counselors to come on up. If you're a counselor, come on up. If you're a minister, come on up. Come on, Kevin, let's get up. Kevin.
Do you believe in him? Is he the God of miracles? Hallelujah. The greatest miracle you can receive is salvation through his name. If you need to make a decision for Jesus, these ministers here are up here for your assistance. They're here to pray with you. Whether it's for the first time calling on the Lord, whether it's to rededicate your life to the Lord, because sometimes we just need a restart. You know, you can do that on your own. You can do that anywhere, but sometimes it's good to lock hands with a brother or a sister and just say, you know what? I, I need to make myself accountable. I haven't been living the way I'm supposed to be living. I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I've been a disobedient child and I need to come back. And I need to recommit. It's not that you're getting saved over or resaved. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It just means sometimes we wander off the path sometimes. We get distracted. But they're here to assist you with that. If you need healing in your body, I know there's people that need healing in their bodies, that these people are capable ministers that can lay hands on you in the name of Jesus and you will receive your healing. I don't think you should go into this next season without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, these people can help you in regards to that if that's something that you desire. I believe it's an absolute necessity, not for salvation, but to do the work of Jesus and the earth, I believe it is. And I believe it'll open the door to the supernatural in your life. And if, that, if you're here and you say, you know what, that's something that I desire, they'll be able to assist you as well. If you're having trouble shaking certain thoughts, if you feel like that there's an oppression that's on your life or some kind of physical, spiritual, physical thing that's kind of keeping you and hindering you and causing you to continue to fall into the same traps, and they'll be able to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. It says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Amen. You know what? Sometimes there's enemies that are just kind of around us and on us. Uh, they're developing systems of thought within our mind, and they, they need to be expelled. They can't be er erased. They have to be expelled. Amen. You, you, can't, you can't just code over them and and with, with behavior modification. You've tried it over and over and over and over. You've tried to change your behavior, but there's just this desire that you just can't seem to get over. You might have a buddy. I'm not saying that everybody has a buddy. I'm just saying you might have a buddy. And uh, praise God. 
If one can put a thousand, two can put 10,000. So these people are here to help and assist you. Amen. God is good and greatly to be praised. I encourage you to meditate on this series as we're going into our fall season and basically our homecoming next week. We're going to retire from this and, and move into some other things. But I do, do believe that this, these messages, if you'll get a hold of what we've been saying here, that they'll help you get rid of the 2020 funk because there's still a 2020 funk on a lot of people. I, what I mean by getting rid of the 2020 funk is not whether COVID's real or not. That's not what I'm talking about. Not whether the vaccine is for some or for some others. I don't care about any of that. Uh, you're not going to get any problem with me. What I'm talking about is about what the enemy tried to do to our collective mindset. That's all I'm talking about. I'm not saying whether to get vaxxed or not get vaxxed. That's not my business. I would never infringe upon you on any decision. I believe that's your decision between God and yourself. What I'm saying is there is a psychological operation that is at work within the people of God that has caused the church to be fearful of the days that we are supposed to be more triumphant in than in any other time. And we're not answering the call. Shoot, we've got churches ain't been open three years. Just opened up. What are you going to do? Preach on faith? We've been duped. We're looking to the politician. Many of you guys believe that preachers are taking your money. No, it's those high politicians that are taking your money. And you need to start putting the blame where it needs to be on the devil. Let's start being the church. I said, let's start being the church. Let's start being the church. I'm very excited. Johnny had given me some texts about his new job and how he's made inroads in his job and found his ministry in this job. Some of you are sitting around, well, I don't have no ministry. And you've got hundreds of people all around you that I can't even reach. time to be the church, friends. It's time to wake up. It's time to rise up. And that's what this series was about. So for four weeks, we've talked about these things. It's time for you to do something about it. Many of you responded to the altar calls. Many of you responded when you got home. But I'm here to tell you, friends, there is a work going on in your life through these messages if you'll listen to them. If you'll listen to the Word. I'm not talking about my Word. My Word doesn't mean jack squat. It's the Word of God. And what the Word of God is telling us is to get ready. Amen? And that's what this whole thing is about. Amen. 
So I look forward to seeing you tonight. We're going to be talking about some very important things. Having a little Q&A tonight at Disclosure. So bring your questions and we'll just sit down and have a good time and discussion. And uh, going to have a wonderful time there. And uh, then, praise God, looking forward to the kickoff. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm finally going to get through with Blessed Hope probably this, this Wednesday. Uh, praise the Lord. I got some great things to tell you about the blessed hope, about the rapture of the church, you need to be here. It'll be just a very enlightening, very powerful time as we wrap that up. And then next week, arise. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.